0: You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host, from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all, and welcome to the Helix Hour, episode 11. We are live, and I'm joined today by Smashing Pumpkins guitarist, Jeff Schroeder. Jeff, how are you?
1: Doing good, enjoying a uh, day off, actually. This is uh, one of the first days off we've taken over the last, I don't know, couple weeks. We've been working pretty hard getting the tour together, so it's nice to actually have a day off.
0: For sure. Yeah. You were at the rehearsal hall yesterday, correct?
1: Oh yeah. 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 We usually, I mean, on a normal week, if we're just rehearsing or something, preparing for something, we, we at least go six days a week. Wow. <laughs> and how long of a day? Um, you know, it's been getting shorter and shorter because at first, I mean, when we started, let me see, six weeks ago, we had in Chicago, we, was just, you know, we call it just like music band rehearsals. And those mm-hmm. days were long seven or eight hours. Um, just getting because it takes a lot to get the just kind of the infrastructure up and running guitar what guitar am I going to use what amps what sounds what songs how do we play the songs how do you orchestrate the parts? so that stuff tends to take a long time but now that all those decisions have been made and now we're just running the set it's you know we're there for like three, three and a half hours.
0: Perfect. Yeah. So it becomes okay. almost like just complete memory. And if anything, now is just little enhancements you can kind of sprinkle over the, uh, the set. exactly.
1: Now it's just kind of micro changes to presets and sounds. And, you know, I've chosen, I'm not really switching up guitars or anything. I um, know what guitar I'm playing on what song and all that kind of stuff.
0: Exactly. We were talking about that on one of the shows recently as well, too. I think it might have been with Andrew Bonica from Line 6. Um, Uh
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I forget which on on his show it was. It could have been... I want to say it's him, but I might be wrong. No, actually, you know who it was? It was John Mulvey. That's who it was. John Mulvey from 3G Guitars. He was on here a week ago, and he was talking about one of his guitars, a performer guitar, and he he called it a performer for the sole fact that, you know, guitarists, a lot of guitarists, um, you know, in in the field... Are opening acts for other people, and they don't get a lot of time to, you know, do anything, let alone switch guitars. So the less you can yeah, switch guitar, yeah. like in your case too, as well, that's kind of a blessing. You keep the mojo and the ball rolling, and there's no need to switch a guitar unless you absolutely have a crazy tuning or something like that.
1: Yeah, and that's pretty much the only time now that I switch guitars is is it's it's it has to do with tuning mm-hmm. and and we play songs, jeez, um, in everything from natural to. Even when well, we have one song that's where the whole guitar is tuned to C, oh, like wow. literally c to C, so drop three whole steps um oh. so when I switch, it's usually because of that um when i first joined the band I had the luxury of having a guitar tech and all that kind of stuff i yeah and you know, and finally making enough money to buy some guitars um I wanted to switch every song, yeah, <laughs> because, of because you can now it's just because I could I, oh, I want to use this, and now um. As I've quote unquote matured, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I really like trying to play one instrument longer. And if I could, in my fantasy world, would be I would play one guitar the whole night. But in this band, that's just never going to happen because of tunings and whatnot. But I really like the idea conceptually of playing one guitar because you know you just get used to the neck, Certainly. The, the sound, the feel. You know, it gets warm against your body all those things. And, you know, as it's playing, if it, you know, you have a a good guitar that stays in tune, it's like, it's almost like the more you play it, the better it sings. So I really like that idea.
0: I, I agree with that, and pe- people yeah. might not think this is true, but I kind of see some merit in it. You are warming up to your guitar each time you're grabbing another guitar. like you say, you play one it stays in tune and and you feel it, but grabbing another guitar, even if it's one of the world's best guitars, you're you're learning the guitar again in a three minute to a five minute uh, passage, yeah. you know, and it's you got to keep that momentum going,
1: yeah. And so on this tour that some of the guitars I'm using, um I've tried to. You know, make them identical, same neck profile, same body shape, same pickup configuration, even across tunings, just to try to alleviate that difference as much as possible. Uh, and I find that it—I just, I'm just looking for cons- consistency across the board, and that that seems to help.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. We're going to jump over to the chat in a quick second. Um, before we do that, I want to hide everybody, but before we do that, I made a little note that I wanted to read. Uh, this is quite cool. Uh, before we jump really into all the gear, we're going to get into, real, it's going to be Gear City today. We're going to be talking Helix. We're going to be talking about <laughs> yeah, Backline, yeah. all that fun stuff. Um, but I, um, I made a note this is right off your website, off the Smashing Pumpkins website. It says the first recording in over 18 years to feature founding members, Billy Corgan, James Eha, uh, Jimmy Chamberlain recorded in Malibu, California at Shangri-La studios with producer Rick Rubin and longtime Smashing Pumpkins guitarist, Jeff Schroeder. I'd like to get your input as far as the number one recording, um, you know, the bulk of the key of the members, original members, uh, and getting pumped for this tour, as you already alluded to with the rehearsal, it's going great. But how exciting is this whole kit and caboodle all put together for you?
1: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, I've been in the band for 12 years in different, numerous configurations from when Jimmy was first in the band um, in 2007 to when... There was nobody in the band except (laughs) um, Billy and I and just whoever we could get to play with us. And then to this, to where, you know, um, having James back and Jimmy and Billy. And I have to say, there was a day we were at Shangri-La and I was sitting there in the tracking room. And we're getting ready to go through a song. And I look around, I see Billy, James, Jimmy. And then I look through the window and see Rick Rubin standing there through the glass. And I felt like, wow, this is pretty amazing like I have to take this in and really embrace this moment because um I really felt like the uh, you know I really felt like how lucky it was to be there
0: Mm -hmm. and um half
1: not not just happy to be there but like wow what a journey to get there and and know that these types of moments um aren't ordinary and so yeah I, I mean to say that I was excited would be to understate the, the feeling. I think it's excitement filled with gratitude and thankfulness, and um, just really appreciating the moment to be able to not only just play music for a living, um, play with such great musicians, um, and work with people like Rick Rubin at an amazing studio. This having all those things come together, I mean, I, I, I like, I really can't say enough.
0: That's you know. a that's a feeling. That's I, I got some little goosebumps just kind of you know feeling through uh, your, your moment there as well. But then, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, then yeah. Then...
1: and working with Rick was, you know, it was, you know, you, I, I honestly couldn't intellectualize it too much because I think the more I thought about it, the more I would go like, wow, it's very. It, humbling to have to play guitar in front of someone like that who's heard james hetfield tony iomi to billy duffy from the cult to you name it john Frusciante, all these you know great guitar players and musicians and then having to go up there and present your ideas in front of someone like that and let alone i mean he's worked with mike campbell and you know i mean from tom Petty, all these amazing guitar players so it was you know but to, to be in that position was, um, yeah, pretty, pretty awesome.
0: There's a, there's a real fine line between being grateful and then having a mind game played on you where you can't even perform. So (laughs) you gotta be careful that way. You have
1: to at some point just kind of go like, well, um, I'm here and you know, all he can say is no. So (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Which he, you know, which of course, you know, he's not going to like every single thing that any of us do, you know, or anybody that he works with you know but he 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 brings he's a very gifted person that he brings a um a vibe to a session nice. that is really unique and to makes you really want to be in the moment and be creative and um he creates an ambiance to where um you really want to just play your best that's
0: fantastic, yeah, and a, actually a natural aura that brings the best out of uh, musicians, and that's a sign of a good producer and engineer for sure.
1: Yeah, 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 and, you know, the thing is, is, you know, I think it was kind of different for us where typically a Pumpkin's reco- uh, you know album or session is very um, labor-intensive, and this isn't to say that we didn't work hard in these sessions, but, you know, Rick tends to work shorter hours. Okay. And so you go in and you play... You play live a lot more actually. And um so I think that like the session seemed to move much quicker than a normal pumpkin session. And um yeah, I think that was a big you know, I mean we recorded eight songs in, you know, three, three and a half weeks. I mean that's that's good. Yeah. That's really fast for
0: I think that'll translate nice, too, because the live environment, too, I mean, people want to expect that that feel, that looseness a little bit, not so machined and a little bit more human, and I think that will translate well to the record, too. Yeah,
1: it's rock and roll. It's the way, you know, I mean, and it it really is, you know, that was the way, you know, people made records like that for a long time, and we're lucky that we're in a situation where everybody is a good enough musician to where we can go and we can play together. That's right. Yeah, it works.
0: Let's uh, let's yeah. say hi to a few people in the chat real quick. I'm gonna jump into some questions here as well too. So a bunch of people jumping in the chat. We've got uh, Terry's GG and G in the chat. Joe McMillan, our Line Six superhero resident, Mr. Frank Rashad, says, "Hey all, happy hey, Sunday! Hey. Nice to have you, Frank." Yeah, uh, wonderful. Yeah, Gary Davlin's here. PT Stone, Nick uh, Cowdry, Carlos Santin, Happy belated birthday! Uh, happy fiftieth! That's my Canadian buddy, Carlos Santen. Uh, he's a fresh Helix user now. From he comes from the tube world like a lot of us, and he's using Helix yeah. and loving it. Uh, So happy birthday, happy 50th. My beautiful nocturnal butterfly is here, running the chat very smoothly, as she always does. Tim Bowen, Rob Grodin's here, Quentin James, Alec Bourne, greetings from Florence, Italy. Great show, guys. Thank you for tuning in from Italy. Very nice. Uh, Um, Sometimes I get pronunciations wrong, and this might be wrong. Uh, Forgive me if I do. Seo Sugiyama says, hi, Jeff. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I, I, hello. Okay.
0: Hello. I, I try my best. Um, I could get Pete Jones wrong. I'd say, I'd probably say Pete Jones or something. It's just, you know, the Canadian in me, I guess. Uh, Brandon Dyke is here. Nick Caudry. Uh, James from Ottawa is here. Jason Sedites. Yeah, I, I'm sure you probably know that name. If you don't, he's going to be on your radar. Um, he's he's like the go-to guy uh, when it comes to um, uh, Helix preset creation. Um, nice. Yeah. Look cool. him up on, on the uh, custom tone. And you'll, you'll be very thankful. Uh, Pino is here saying, hello, all FNAF gamers is here. One of my younger fans, uh, live streamer himself. Um, and this is really nice. This is a nice, uh, uh testament from Frank. He says, Frank Rashad actually at line six beyond proud. You're using our gear, Jeff.
1: Oh, tell my, oh thank you, Frank. Yeah, no, I'm happy to use it. And in in, in, in all honesty, I wouldn't be using it if it wasn't great. And if it didn't sound good, I mean, and, um, yeah, that's as simple as that really. That's good.
0: Yeah. That, that's the thing. I mean, you have, you have the opportunity yourself to use just about anything and I'm sure, you know, yeah, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but not, I'm sure there's people always, approach you.
1: Not always a good thing either. I know that's the thing. That's the <laughs> thing. Too many options. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I, I love that. I, and we're going to get into right, right into some uh, gear discussion here in just a second. Uh, Frankenstein doctor says, uh, greetings from Houston. Uh, let me see here. Anteater 74. Jeff is an amazing player. Uh, Curtis is here as well, um, and here, here's something. Here's our uh, first question from the fans. Uh, Rob Groden says, "I'd love to know how Jeff and James are splitting up the parts James originally played on the older songs." That's a good question.
1: Um, the, the more the, I mean, I guess it, the 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 philosophy about how we're doing live arrangements now is, as you know, um, beyond kind of the first album, Gish, um, the. From Siamese Dream on, you're talking about albums that were laden with multiple guitar overdubs. So even to play the the songs as a two-guitar band, you are talking about compressing and condensing parts into like a two-guitar part. So um, now we're able to just... We're, just, we're trying to replicate it to where more it, it actually feels more like the records. So um, there's plenty of guitar parts to go around. Um, and sometimes, even if there's not, having the ability to one person play a melody and having a doubled rhythm still get to give it that large, thick sound is really useful. So, yeah. Um, and, and on some songs, um, like on some of the more Adora stuff, You know, Billy's not playing as much guitar. He might be playing keyboards or just singing. So sometimes it's just James and I playing guitar, too. So sometimes it just is just a two-guitar format. But, yeah, there's... no lack of guitar parts to go around, to be quite honest.
0: Well, I, and I really like the way. Like, here's the thing: people can have. I, I've seen a lot of bands where there's two or three guitar players, and sometimes you almost think, "Okay, why?" You know, but yeah, sure, but, sure. But you guys, the way you do it, it's not just like you know. I know sometimes you're doing you know, a couple you're, you and uh, you're kind of both doing a, you know a power fifth or something like that. However you will, each of you will sprinkle these little uh, counter melodies back and forth. And they really, really increase that mix. Like, it's just absolutely amazing to hear what three guitar players can do. Yeah, like
1: something like, even like on the new single, like on Solara, like for the live version, the way that we voice, even just like, even if we're all playing the same chord, I'm playing like in a slightly different tuning. And so like the voicing that I play is slightly different than the one Billy's playing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it kind of, even though it looked it, even though if you would, it may look like we're playing the same thing. We're actually really not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's fantastic. So that's a good, a good question and a great answer uh, for Rob. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, Mm -hmm. and, 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 know, and another thing that's kind of that I would say on top of that is it's not uh, the the parts aside. Another part is, is tonalities. Like we've actually spent a crazy amount of time on, on guitar tones and tonalities and where, we're fitting in within that type of EQ spectrum. So from distortion profiles to what guitar pickups to this type of guitar. I mean, it's, it's a, like I said, that's what I said. A lot of, a lot of thoughts gone into all of it. And I actually was having breakfast this morning with, um, my guitar tech and I haven't actually gone in to, um, listen to what our front of house guy is doing with the mix. And he goes in there just to check because I just, um, kind of just focusing on getting my stuff together and mm-hmm. he said that it it really sounds like he thinks that people will think we're playing to tracks wow you know, And because that's how good and and there are some songs actually that some of the more electronic songs we actually do have some rhythmic backing tracks but sure of course even on the rock songs he said it sounds so good that um, people might think that we're using, <laughs> using backing <laughs> tracks but that's great um, Yeah. 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 So, and if that's what people, I think that's a compliment because like I said, we're working really hard on, on making it have that, that sound.
0: Well, we're going to talk about your Jimmy Fallon performance in a second here too. And you want to talk about uh, amazing, amazing sound. We'll get to that in a second. Just going to continue with the chat for a quick second, but that's a great compliment. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, This is this is a cool um, uh, testimony here from Brent Bowen. He says he hello all, and he loves it when well-known artists choose to utilize the same gear that he's purchased, and that's cool. You know, some of this stuff is not necessarily the cheapest gear out there in the world. Uh, It's not the most expensive gear. But when you you know when you decide and commit to buying something that for some people as a large purchase um, it's nice when you see some of these artists like yourself and some of the other artists that are out there that aren't using it just because here here's a free product for you or something of that nature they're using it because that's what does the job for them so it makes us feel good as consumers
1: yeah no um, like i said if if helix if didn't sound great i i wouldn't use it i'd use something different um and I've used many different things in the past, but you know, I've had like a really long relationship with line six. My many bands ago when the DL four came out, um, we were at a studio recording and the engineer had the DL four and I ended up using it on a track. And so when our band got some money, I remember we had a band meeting and we had enough money to where we could buy two of them, one for me and one for the other guitar player. And so nice. <laughs> I've been using uh you know, and you know, a lot of those delay sounds and profiles have you know, kind of migrated even up as far as um, into Helix, mm-hmm. especially now that Helix has added the the legacy packs. And so I've been dealing with with some of those algorithms for you know 20 years now. Um, so to where it's become a very big part of of my style and the way I play and um, certain the certain characteristics of the delays have become, in particular, become really part of what I want to hear. So um, using other stuff has always been, I'm trying to look for those things, um, like those types of sounds and those types of tonalities and whatnot. But um, I feel like Helix is, they've really taken um, what they do to another level. And I, I mean... I, this is the, the deepest I've gotten in with it is on this tour and the programming. And the farther I get into it, the more I like it.
0: Oh, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say that it's um, inspired me to delve into that type of sonic guitar playing in a way that I'd kind of, over the last couple of years, maybe l- lost a little interest in, um, you know, because I was always. I was never a plug straight in the amp type of person. Mm -hmm. I always like to have effects and have that type of dynamic, that type of relationship between sonics and playing. Um, And then over the last year, I really decided to work on my playing in a different way where I, um, most of the time, if I practice whatever at home by myself, I just use a I don't even I play like a I've been starting I actually started studying jazz guitar okay and so I like straight in no effects just make everything happen with the hands um, because I'd kind of like I said lost interest in um, like pedals and stuff sure. just because I felt like it gotten so crazy there's just so many great things out there but I think I was overwhelmed by the the choices mm-hmm. you know there's so much stuff and, and like and a lot of it great and amazing but you start getting almost anxiety as a guitar player. Of like, well, am I missing out on something if I don't have that new reverb pedal or whatnot? And so, <laughs> so kind of as a, as a um, health precaution, mental health precaution, <laughs> I decided to just kind of let go of it for a while until it became necessary yeah. again. And yeah, and so then, you know, while we started getting this tour together and programming and getting the sounds and recreating sounds, and I, you know, I had to get really back deep into it. And, um, and like I said, you know, I've been just blown away by the things I can do in Helix and it's really inspired me to, to go on that journey again.
0: I'm really happy to hear you say that you're an effects guy. Oh, we got to thank you, uh, Super Chat from uh, from uh, from Django. Thank you very much. That's very greatly appreciated. Super, super nice of you to do that. He's a great supporter of the show. Um, but I, I'm really happy to hear you say that you're an effects guy because you know some of these guys really intimidate me out there, like you know the slashes of the world and people like that. They can just plug Les Paul into a Marshall. And
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah,
0: you know, and it's like wow, it's I mean, just absolutely amazing. And and myself, if I tried to do that, I would sound like I I just started playing guitar yesterday. And I'm not saying I sound much better with effects, but I certainly sound better with effects. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So that that's cool. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that.
1: Yeah, and you know, a lot of times when we're playing, I mean, I'm not using anything other than this straight amp sound. You know, I mean, that's always the core. That straight up, you know, really. um, I don't know what we call we call it kind of like this. Like a really jacked up, mm-hmm. you know, guitar sound with a lot of, a, you know, kind of a lot of gain and stuff. Um, but that's it's kind of the foundation of what we do. But um, yeah, but to be able to add and and accentuate certain aspects of that sound with with effects is great.
0: I agree, and like you were saying too, like you were liking the, the the DL4, and now that they have things like that, all the legacy effects, and I, I think people, if you're just getting into the Helix for the very first time, delays and reverbs in that unit can take you to a place that you may have never been in your life, and it's it's a pretty amazing place when you get there.
1: Oh yeah, especially if you play uh, stereo, <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, you I can know. get lost. I in know. That in that world is pretty amazing
0: speaking of some beautiful sounds we'll give a little bit of a teaser here as well too i'm surprised i haven't mentioned this because we're having so much fun uh and you were at the rehearsal hall yesterday you were kind enough to go into rehearsal hall maybe an hour early yesterday and wrote a patch exclusively for uh, for us here on the helix hour and That's we're, right. we're going to share that towards the end of the, uh, the end of the show, um, Nocturnal Butterfly here in the chat is going to post a link where you can grab it. Uh, I'm just going to ask you to sign up to my mailing list. It's pretty simple. Just give me a name and an email address. It doesn't even have to be a real name if you don't want to, but it does have to be a real email address and you'll be given the link to download that patch. Uh, maybe just give us a brief, um, a brief kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word snapshot, but maybe we will use a snapshot. <laughs> yeah, give us a brief snapshot yeah, of what yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's actually it's a real preset that I'm using in the tour on the song from Adore to Sheila and um, it's just a delay reverb um, patch um, and in the the preset that I am sharing I'm using an amp model that I'm not using because I'm using um, a real amp right. live you know so but I based the model that I chose off of it basically sounds almost identical to what I'm using. So it's I think I use like a Vox AC30. And um, the delay is the memory man, electroharmonics memory man delay set to vibrato setting um, and with the, with the reverb. And it's just, but I have it pretty tweaked out, a lot of modulation. And um, yeah, it's a really pretty beautiful sound i mean very inspiring and and when live like when we play the way it sits against the music it just it creates this really um nice effect and then um so there's that it's a pretty simple uh signal path and everything it is Um, which is great about helix is that it really functions in the way that um you know I would be if I was hooking up pedals but what's great about it even though it's a simple path I'm doing something essentially different is that that you know a memory man is a stomp box pedal and most of the time you would put that in front of the amp and so in front of an amp it sounds it reacts the delays going into the front of an amp sound different than post so what's great about Helix is I I can run it as a post amp effect which just makes it sound and feel different Mm -hmm. And so this one it is a I run it as a post effect, which is something that you actually couldn't really do if you're using a pedal. I mean you could you could run an a, a memory man in the effects loop of an amp, but I don't know if a vintage memory was really like like input and output impedance wise was really meant to run an effects loop of right. that. It was it was designed to probably be in you Feed know the front. to go in front of an amp. You know what I mean? Um so to be able to do something like that is like one of the benefits of being in the the digital realm. Yeah, is that
0: you can kind of create problems. a
1: scenario that wouldn't, that kind of exists but not entirely. Um, yeah, and so then there's that, and then it you know it's a two snapshot, preset. So if you're familiar with Helix, you might know what snapshots are. Um, and so then the second uh, snapshot adds a kind of a, a distortion to it, but it's also um, the the delay mix uh, repeats and modulation change so what's great about helix and that in that regard in the snapshot is you can keep the same effect on but change the parameters which again is not something that you could do if you were using um real pedals on that, the ground that's right. you know you have to find a setting kind of keep it there or then if you wanted to switch if it's not a midi bass pedal like but you know a lot of new pedals are midi bass you can do that but but if you were using actual memory man you'd have to go down and turn the knobs yeah to to get which which isn't practical so the fact that you can do that is to me like i said like once you start realizing the potential of that um it's great and so even on that snapshot too as i'm running the distortion into the amp I kinda tweaked a little bit of the amp pre, you know, um, settings as well because, you know, to get like the perfect clean sound isn't always the great the greatest setting for when you want to run a drive pedal in front sure. of the amp. And so being, like I said, being able to do that stuff it's man, it's so awesome. Yeah. I mean just, just just what I've all it, it allows me to do all the things that I've that I always wanted to do and wasn't able to accomplish. And it's so, like once you learn how to do it once or twice, it's so easy.
0: That's right. We've talked about this on the show many times, and I'm, I know for a fact you're going to say yes to this. I've mentioned this with Jason Sedites and many other guests I've had come on the show, some of the Line 6 staff, that you could probably right now have Helix in front of you using HX Edit and drop some effects blocks. I, I shouldn't say effects blocks. Drop blocks, amp blocks, effects blocks, all that kind of stuff, just painting them, knowing roughly what's going to sound like, and then tweak when you get to rehearsal. Is that easy?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, and Drew, you know, because we're gonna do. Um, we added something to this set um, that we're gonna do for, uh, at an at an event that we're doing um, later in the week, and um, and he's he asked me, "Hey, what what do you want?" And so I could just over the phone, over text messaging, able to go like, "Hey, just build me a preset with this, this, and this." And, we, and we'll be like 80% in the ballpark. And then it'll be like literally 10 minutes of tweaking. I mean, it's really like once, once you get it up and running and you're familiar with the kind of programming architecture, everything and, mm-hmm. and, the, and learning how the functions work. It, it's it's super easy to use
0: imagine if you had that same text message conversation and you said okay on the way i want you to hit guitar center pick me up 17 pedals uh, and <laughs> exactly. uh, get a whole bunch of short cables and try to get it uh, velcroed on there by the time i get there and we'll see wh- how it sounds you know what can you imagine that?
1: if you don't like it you're screwed <laughs>
0: exactly exactly i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, jump yeah. back to the chat for a quick second we got pt stone here saying first time watcher thank you pt for jumping in i really appreciate that uh matt brewington says hey guys um, Anteater says, uh, how quick was it to dial in the Pumpkin's Tones on Helix? As a huge fan, I have several patches I've created on my Helix. Did it adapt pretty quickly for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually, um, I started using actually at the beginning of rehearsal because we, we tend to start rehearsals pretty loose. And I actually just had an HX effects, which if you know what that is, it's kind of like just the a yep. smaller version of Helix.
0: I know you can't um, see me right now, but I'm holding one up. I'm there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there we go.
1: Which only has what one process, like, like it's like half the processing power mm-hmm. of, of a Helix, uh, rack or floorboard, but it doesn't also have any amp models. So I was using that and man, those things sound phenomenal. They sound great. So yeah. easy to use. And like I said, I can be up and running in, I can put a virtual pedal board together in, 90 seconds yeah I know and I, know, and, and I use it because I've been using those things so much I mean and I know like the general settings to put everything that I can if if Billy's like hey let's do this song I can put something together literally within minutes
0: yep and you can and move a pedal it's yeah, like, yeah so yeah. quickly it's like try taking a pedal off your velcro board or however you got it mounted it takes wow. you longer to do that than it was to move an entire signal chain on HXFX
1: yeah and if you wanna you know, and and just like I said, that flexibility of running delays into distortion, after distortion, phasers into the, you know, phasers into distortion, phaser after the distortion and being able to to move around the effects chain and sign like to really hear how things sound the best is it's it's I mean, it's a game changer for me. It is. Really. And and I've been using you know, I was a big user of the M series mm-hmm. um, of line six stuff. And I use I've been using the M series effects um for 12 years almost wow so like i said for so for me making the transition wasn't hard because a lot of those ideas conceptually were in those other units it's just the sonics of helix are are above and beyond um but getting back to ann eater's question about um recreating the sounds um not really that hard at all actually um like i said because I've, I've, I'm, I've, like I said, I've been using Line Six stuff for 20 years, so I kind of know what a lot of the things do.
0: That's that's perfect. Yeah, once yeah, you once you know it, yeah, why?
1: and so I know how to. But, it, but even that being said, I, I feel like even when there's new functions or new sounds or new effect parameters, I feel like it's pretty intuitive, um, and and quickly sounds good and um you know billy's actually using an hx effects on this tour as one well, that's the only pedal that he's using i mean we all like i said we all have regular we're all using tube amps mm-hmm. so we're not using helix for modeling but we're all the effects that billy and i are using are come from uh helix and he's using just the the floorboard the hx effects and he was well, first because he heard me using it, and was like, "Wow, that sounds really great! Can I try it?" And so then he, you know, tried it and was like, "Wow, that sounds awesome!" So then he started using it, and I think within, you know, I sh- I gave him a few pointers, got mm-hmm. him up and running, <laughs> you know, showed him how to put together a chain together. And once he got his hands on it for a day or two, and once he he w- he just shocked at how how easy it is and how great it sounds
0: well you know the cool thing is that's fantastic to hear the other, uh, I guess it was almost two weeks ago almost two weeks to the day um, you guys played uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and we had a couple nice crane shots with beautiful cinematography on that show believe it or not and um, we, we got to see the HX effects up front both for you and Billy and then I looked like I spotted a couple Helix racks back in your rack um, yeah, how, how, yeah. Is it, how is it, like, so obviously Billy's learned it now and is it something where you um, it's uh, second nature to both of you now well for you especially yeah, but
1: no absolutely and like I said it, it, it's so- So cool because, I mean, a lot of the leads and stuff that he did on the older records. I mean, he's got the tones down, like they sound so close. It's awesome. (laughs) I I know, it's it's uncanny. I mean, it's really like you know, we're sitting there playing, and we're all on in ears. So it's, um, if you know, you know, I think most people are familiar with that now. So you know, we all wearing basically headphones, and so it you can hear everything really, really clearly. And that, that, that in and of itself makes you think about your guitar sound differently because you hear it like the audience is here. You hear the mic sound. You're not hearing your amp, you know, five feet away from you blasting. You're hearing it through a microphone, through the console. So it's, um, it's a different way of hearing. You really hear how your guitar sounds out front. Yeah. And and man, and it's so, it is, it dude. <laughs> Just as a guitar geek, it's totally cool. I, I, mean, I can imagine. the sounds are, are, are dead on. I think people are going to be blown away.
0: And it's consistent again and again. Yeah. You and I were having this really fun conversation off the air before we went live today, and, and I think I we'll share a little bit of it. Uh, you know, years ago, you know, as yourself as a young guitar player, and a lot of us watching the show here, a lot of the, the guitar players watching the show, we've all been down that road where, you know, number one, we're we're honing our craft, trying to get our music really good, and trying to impress the audience. Whether you're looking for a label deal or just playing your shows and making a few bucks. And part of part of the way you would, you know, get your name out there was image and reputation and things like that. And and also the kind of um, uh, intimidation, you know, walk in with like, you know, 12 Marshall cabinets and you know, that might <laughs> be a little extreme, but you know, yeah. coming in with this big entourage <laughs> of gear. And nowadays, you know, I, I know some of these guys out there, I'm going to have some guests coming up soon. Like, uh, Steve, I think it's Starlachy, Starla- 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 I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but he was telling me um, he's d- he's done two international tours with a backpack with two guitars and Helix backpack, and that's it. So what are your thoughts on how musicians now can travel, uh, really in the backseat of a car, um, and have that sound that we're used to hearing without having to have 17 semis worth a year?
1: Well, that, and I think that like the world is, is changing in that if I was telling a young guitar player, if she or he was like, Hey, what kind of amp should I buy or whatever? Mm -hmm. You know, you might, it might be harder to, you know, should I buy a Helix or should I buy a, a half stack or should I buy a combo amp or, you know, and then depending on like what you needed to do, what kind of music you do. But you can see that if, if you started playing, like your first amp was a Helix, you might approach guitar sound completely differently. And it's not saying that it's better or worse, it just would be different. And you would have a certain type of, um, relationship with that gear that would maybe different than mine. Cause the reference point is, is different. I, you know, maybe still in the back of my head, I'm, I'm still going, I know what my 78 Marshall sounds like, mm-hmm. and, but what if you're not starting from that point? You know, you would, you might interpret tonality completely different. I agree. And, and another thing that's really exciting to me about it. And, um, about using stuff like this, just from a guitar, just strictly from a sonic perspective, is that, you know, these effects in these units, Helix and other units that do similar things, you know, are definitely, um, you know, do the same thing, is that, like, I think, like, the, the kind of the high finess of guitar sound is at an all-new level. And so it's really been a different, it's a different push forward in that when you hear this stuff, I mean, those delays and reverbs that are in these units are not like pedal reverb or delays, really. I mean, they're like studio quality delays, Mm -hmm. reverbs. And so, yeah, back in the 80s, you could have used a Bradshaw rack and got these things. But it really wasn't accessible to most guitar players, That's to true. have that level of sonic. You know, that was like, you know, you had to be Eddie Van Halen and have, yeah. you know, first Bradshaw or Steve Vai or or whatever to where you could afford to have Bradshaw build you a rig or Steve Lukather or something like that. And now to where within the reach of the normal consumer you can have this type of um, hi-fi type of rig. I think it, it, it's really... Um, it's kind of a new thing for 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 like every guitar player can kind of at least approach this. Participate. you know I still you know, I'm not I, and I don't mean to mean that it's accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. but um I think it's been closer than it's ever been. I and agree. so I think I think even that, I said as new generations of beginning where that's their starting point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think what the types of sounds and things that people are gonna be able to do with this stuff will, we'll start breaking some new ground again.
0: I agree. I just want to say a big thank you real quickly to Rolf Niederlander Jr. as well too, who did a $10 super chat. And the cool thing is, you know, you're talking about these, like the Bradshaw rigs and things like that. So, so pe- some people that are still coming up from that, you know, that era, and maybe even a much newer, having all these kinds of really cool uh, switching systems, Helix can still be used in, in, in that, if you, that's your thing, you can still do it. If you want some really cool special pedals, you can use Helix as a switching system, especially with the rack, yeah. you know, and and floor, having, what, four centimeter Returns. You can do some really yeah, customized and, loops,
1: and I do use those actually. I have um, just to give you know a brief rundown of my rig. And I'm using essentially what what people would call the four cable method. So okay. the preamp of of I use a preamp power amp type of rig. That's all in a in a rack, and um, and so my preamp is in one loop of Helix, and then I in the other. Three loops. I have some pedals that that do things that aren't in Helix because you know why Helix does most things. It doesn't do everything, and even things that it does and does very well, um, like I want to have um, some different options. Like for example, I still have an Eventide H9 mm-hmm. in my rig because I just love the way Eventide stuff sounds. To me, it's, nothing else sounds like it, um, and I. Um, I'm just forever drawn to certain um, sounds that that thing can do. And Helix plays super nice with it. And they want, you know, in talking to the people from Line 6, is they designed it so it could work with all these, these things that you want to use. So it doesn't have to be the be-all, end-all. No, not at all. But but really, it is the, um, it's the home base for everything I do. It's the organizing principle. It organizes the pedal board. It organizes the amp, it organizes the pedals, everything. It's kind of the central unit that that controls everything and produces a lot of the sonics.
0: Beautiful. Here's, yeah. a, here's a question from Nicholas Wolf says, uh, could you? and I apologize if I missed any other questions, but I think you might have answered some questions in advance, so that's good. Uh, Nicholas Wolf says, could you uh, talk more about how you replicate the Siamese Dream Sound with Helix Fuzz going into a JCM 800?
1: Uh, actually, you know, the funny thing is, is people always think... Um, you know, while fuzz is used on the... It, you know, we don't ever really use fuzz live. Okay. And even even Billy back in the day, and during Simon's Stream, if you recall, he used the Marshall JMP1 preamp starting on that tour, which then kind of evolved into the Melancholy rig. So <clears throat> live, we've never... Since I've been in the band 12 years, like, we never use fuzz. Okay. Um, it's always just... We just end up... Because um, fuzz is... It sounds great in the studio mm-hmm, and the live. you can really dial it in and get, but it's, um, for to get it, some bands can use it live. I'm not saying that it's impossible because many people are totally successful. So I'm not trying to say that, but for the, for what we do mm-hmm. live, it, it's difficult to use. So the way that we've approached it is that it, it, we're just using super high gain jacked up amps. Gotcha. So okay. it's, um, like my main distortion sound is um, is a replication um, in a preamp of the Marshall Randy Rhodes head. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> and basically, we're all using some type of modif, basically modded type of Marshall um, type of sound is is per- the main high gain sound for all of us. I think Billy and his preamp he has some diesel um, um, preamps that 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 model his, um, I don't say model that, that emulate Mm -hmm. his diesel. Yeah. Um, but, um, but most, but most everything is, is, um, modded Marshall. So we don't actually use fuzz live.
0: Okay. Well, there Um, you go.
1: Which is a big misconception. People always, you know, and it, and I, I understand because it's such a big part of the sound on record, Mm -hmm. especially that, that record in particular. Um, but it's, um, yeah, live. We don't ever, we don't use it.
0: Okay. Well, good, good answer. Thank you for sharing the the detailed response to that. Now, here's something I was going to ask you. We've talked about um, effects. We've talked about HX effects. We've talked about the Helix a lot, but uh, I know a lot of people are here also to, you know, discuss some guitar and obviously being with uh, Yamaha for quite some time, you know, using the Pacifica line of guitars and obviously the Revstar and that, and we're seeing you play those a lot. Um, Can you tell us what it is about the Yamaha guitars that, uh, you know, just really make you feel comfortable with them?
1: Yeah, actually, I started um, playing their acoustics um, because uh, Scott Marceau, who is the artist rep, um, he used to be at Duncan, Seymour Duncan. And so um, I had a long relationship there with him. And then when he moved over to Yamaha, he sent me an email. He said, "Um, would you be willing, if I sent you a couple acoustics, would you be willing to try them? And I said, yeah, sure, of course, you know. And he sent them, and um, I was using Taylors, actually. Mm-hmm. And these um, Yamaha Acoustics sounded just great. And they played great, and they had a strangely all-passive pickup system that our sound man just really loved um, what he was able to do with those. And get a, and so I started using those, and then <laughs> then Billy started using the acoustics too because they actually sounded... Um, for what we do, and you know, and Taylor's are great. I'm not knocking Taylor's at all. Sure. Mean, they're wonderful, w- amazing guitars. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but for what we were going for, the acoustics sounded better. And so then it evolved into um, the electrics. And I have kind of one of everything that they make, at least, and nice. some, many more. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, the, you know what, what, what blows me away about Yamaha guitars is. Number one, they, as a company, above and beyond, they treat their artists with a high level of respect. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that you get always, sadly, in this industry. And so they, they treat their artists really well. They really listen. Anytime that I've needed a special guitar um, for something that we're doing musically, they've always tried their best to accommodate. and. Um, what I've been really just impressed by is their consistency um across the board, instrument to instrument. Like each guitar you get is is, is strangely virtually the same. <laughs> I mean they are they're um so that is great. That so you know if you get a, a new guitar sent to you or whatever, it's it's gonna perform the same way. That's and, important. Uh, yeah. So that's like I said, that's you know, and when you're playing live and you're on tour and you need to need a bunch of guitars to kind of perform something, that's just that consistency day in and day out is is key. It's just key. You, that's, uh, that you and have that type of sonic and playing consistency is is what you want.
0: Yeah. And the support is there for sure when it comes to artists. I, I get to see a little bit of that just with communication with some of the team, that there's always someone allocated to it. Even if the, the key uh, individual that may be your particular rep or whatever, uh, if that person is, you know, unavailable, there's always someone there. There's never going to be a phone call that's going to go unanswered or a text or an email. Uh, and that's really important to know that you can count on, on, the, uh, on the team.
1: No. And, you know, for us, anytime that we've been anywhere in the world that if, like I mean, there have been numerous situations where they're like, hey, um, can you and Billy show up to this radio station in Paris and go play a couple songs acoustic? The local rep will have three guitars there, three or four guitars there immediately. And it's just like the one I have at home.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's, it's really uncanny. Yeah, it's great.
0: Oh, that's cool. So nothing, you don't have to, you don't have to pack anything to show up and, uh, and do your thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we really have confidence that if we have to show up somewhere and there's two guitars, you know, from Yamaha that it's going to be no problem playing them.
0: Oh, that's good. Cause like, that's yeah. not always the case. So there's been some times before where people have, you know, have had to cancel performances, you know, with, you know, just, just stuff happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I'm
1: really excited about, I really feel like you know, and you know, the guitar market is a tough one Mm -hmm. because you're dealing with, um, you know, uh, a long history where, you know, and myself included, it's hard to take people away from their strats, Les Paul's telecasters. And there's, you know, because those guitars were used on such iconic songs, especially for recording that, you know, you, your ear wants to gravitates towards those things. Mm -hmm. I, I, as a personally for me um, I kind of like things that sort of push me out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and I think you know someone I've become semi-friendly with um, through because he uses uh, some Yamaha products when we've been sending a few text messages is um, Reeves Cabrales who plays with The Cure now Okay, and um, he played with David Bowie in The Tin Machine and he he's got this theory that he likes to play like like he plays reverend guitars, mm-hmm. uh, like the, Billy does too. Right, and of um, that he likes, but even back in the day, I think he played like Steinbergers and really weird stuff. And then he was playing like Parker Fly guitars. And like he really loves these Yamaha THR heads. Okay. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Because, you know, and he was saying that he really loves things that don't have a history. Okay. Because then people aren't, he's not, you know, people aren't attached to playing it a certain way or getting certain tonalities out of it so he likes things that kind of more of a that lack a history because and i'm you know paraphrasing what he said um, because you know it's it's kind of it's trying to it's open territory and i think you know rock and roll's had a long history now and guitar especially so trying to find some open space is can be difficult at times
0: I agree. There's a young kid. He's a friend of mine on Facebook, Cameron Cooper. Uh, you look that name up when you have some spare time at the hotel, whatever, and talk about the thr, tj, whatever. Um, yeah. He does like, and he's a Van Halen guy. And he, I mean, I'm telling you, this kid's a champion when it comes to. I shouldn't say he's a kid, but anybody that's younger than 20 years old is considered, or 25 champion, years old is a kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's amazing, and he does that amp justice. I think he sold probably at least several dozen of those things. But I like the analogy of he's the using fact that the head, yeah, he's just that THR oh well, no, he's head. using that little combo. That little, you know the.
1: Oh the, yeah, I got one sitting right here. They're yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah it's actually ma- the brown sound kind of deal. It's pretty cool.
1: And I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The green one has the brown one and brown two, and yeah, I kind of live on those at home.
0: Um, we only have <laughs> we only have about nine minutes left, but I want to ask you a real quick question. that's not uh, related to today's show, um, but people that watch my other show, the EVH and Gear TV. Um, so you've been spotted in the past of playing a really cool USA Wolfgang, and yes. and obviously you know that we, that's what we talk about a lot on the other show a lot. I want to I, I'm this is a complete novice here because I don't know the answer to this. Was that something you gravitated towards yourself? Where I know like I've showed to the magazine I've got it sitting here before. Billy's a good friend with Eddie, and you know you go back some years back. Did um, did did Billy have any influence on Wolfgang for you, or was it?
1: No, that... no, no, no. It's actually a great story. Um, uh, so. I, and it relates to you in many ways. Because okay. it's everything to do with Canada.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, great.
1: Um, I, um, we were on tour and I had a guitar tech and he was great. Um, but when we got to Canada, for some reason, um, he was not allowed in the country. Okay. And we'll we leave had to get the next day. And so we were obviously, in, and there there's like, there's no way you're going to be able to resolve whatever, for whatever reason why you can get there, like this is going to take weeks to resolve. So obviously we didn't have that time. So we'd be like, well, I guess you're going home and we have to, we have a day to find a guitar tech. <laughs> so our production manager put in some calls and had quickly learned that Van Halen had just gotten home from tour and that Eddie's tech was in LA setting up eddie's guitar rig at 5150 and was available so i got this amazing guitar craig defalco who i think is out maybe with journey now he's neil sean's guy yeah yeah amazing guitar tech. So he showed up and i remember i think it was i feel like it was edmonton you know or i don't know i feel like edmonton. he showed up got there like three or four in the afternoon i think maybe he got there for sound check then we sat down in catering after um, after sound check, went over the guitar list, and then did the gig. And he was flawless, unbelievable. Wow! I mean, you know, um, we had a pretty intense show at that tour the, during the Oceania album, and then um, so then once I got to know him, he he's just a great guy, and so obviously he had just gotten um, done working with with Eddie Van Halen, and so of course. I uh, had a million questions. And then he said, dude, he's like, when you guys play L.A., I'll, I'll bring him down to the gig. He'll totally come. And he did. So it was crazy. He he brought Eddie down to the gig to L.A. And he came in the dressing room hung out. I mean, he obviously remembered Billy. Mm-hmm. And he was the nicest guy, you know, super nice. And then because he liked Craig so much, you know, he, I think he, you know, he asked me, it's like, Hey, have you ever tried one of my guitars? And I said, no, I have never actually had, haven't had a chance to play one of the new um, Fender ones, mm-hmm. you know, the VH line. And he's like, all right. And then like a week later one showed up. And a so yeah, he had one set ads yeah, and yeah. And I used it all the rest of that tour, um, yeah, I actually thought about bringing it back again, and I maybe I will once we go through Chicago. I'll actually pick it up.
0: Yeah, a couple of tunes here and there, maybe.
1: It's a great guitar. It's a great guitar. They're I fine. Mean, a great sounding guitar.
0: Beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, uh, is... yeah.
1: So, and it, it, you know, and then in all actuality, so then, um, Matt over there at um
0: yamaha Line Six.
1: no no uh fender yeah our our evh who runs you know he actually at that time he invited me over to 5150 even and let me see the studio and see the actual marshall head like the one and all that stuff just all that classic gears it was it was it was like that's like one of the one of the handful of moments where you're like wow
0: yeah that's like witnessing the moon landing. That, so you're that, met... That's
1: pretty cool. That's pretty cool.
0: Matt Brooke yeah. referring to, right?
1: Matt Brooke. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Very cool. Awesome. Oh, that that's oh. lucky you, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, like I said, very lucky. They're, they're all sweet people. Yeah. I mean, really, really didn't have to be anywhere near that nice to me. And they were just super kind.
0: That's fantastic. Before I ask you the last question, before we go away, um, I'm going to just address this very quickly. Uh, Nocturnal Butterfly has posted the link uh, in the chat, which is evhgeardiscussion.com forward slash Helix. If you go there, just drop in your first name, your email address is going to redirect you and you can download uh, Jeff's custom patch today. It'll import directly easily into your uh, Helix. If you have any um, hard time doing it, just jump into Chad's Facebook group or any of the Facebook groups and just ask some questions. How do I import? This is very, very simple, but there's no IRs. There's nothing that prevents you from using this patch was written from jeff exclusively for the helix r fans so evhcarediscussioncom slash helix go grab that now now obviously you can't do it on your ipad or your phone you'll have to be on a computer to do it but save that um that H L X patch and import it and you'll be off to the races the last question i have for you have you tried power cab yet
1: um yes actually i went to line six on friday okay and um and then <clears> hung out <throat> with that Matt Matt Ferguson, yeah, great guy. I get the two Matts and, confused. <laughs> yeah, and um, we he set up the you know we tried one and then we tried it in stereo where you, he had it kind of you know set up like in a studio monitor type mm-hmm. of situation and yeah man I, I, I mean it, it's so cool it, it, it's really getting to the point to where I mean they're figuring out all the issues that you have that if you want to use these types of units and you need to have some st- if you need to have some sound on stage, you can have that cab sound, but you can still be sending a, you know, sound to front of house that has your modeled speakers or any combination of that stuff. And yeah, it's really cool. I actually, I got to get a couple of those because They're, it's beautiful. I think even for when I'm home in Chicago and I'm, play around and stuff I, I i don't know if i'll be bringing you know you know all the ants i don't know i hate to say it i know i know, it. I I know. Think it's so good it well it, it's just because what is exciting to me and i don't care if we run a few minutes over because mm-hmm. i know um to me w- what's exciting is that like the the various platforms from recording in your daw Mm -hmm. right to playing live to using a rack unit a four board unit whatever is becoming um they're all becoming um integrated into each other so even if you are not even if you're just running the software version through your daw native you know the, the native version those presets will translate into your hardware version easily you know, and then so yeah and so then it may require a little bit of tweaking once you're like in a different room and playing with the band but just the fact that you don't if you're if you're using this technology you never once you get up and running you never have to start over again agreed and okay. that is like to me i you know and i told myself this time because after a while like, it gets really old that it gets harder and harder to reinvent the wheel every tour of like putting together a new rig, a new pedal board, you know, and to where now I don't, I I really don't see myself going back to that type of scenario anymore. I think at least for now, until like the next wave of technology comes along, I think I'll be using Helix just as the home base for my rig. Um, Because like I said, I can integrate real amps or I can go all modeling. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like if if they, if they someone called tomorrow and said, hey, can you guys fly over to New York to play a television show? I could show up. We could export a couple of my presets, you know, add some amp models and go do one or two songs on the TV show without even using a regular amp.
0: Exactly. You could. You could easily.
1: Yeah. And then when I'm in the luxury of having like, well, you know, I'm very lucky that I have a guitar tech. We're on a full arena tour,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that I can use a real amp with helix and have that hybrid system but like i said that that ability to go into any scenario is awesome and even one last thing which is really cool is that on tonight tonight that song um for people who are familiar i'm using an electroharmonic synth nine pedal to emulate um you know so i'm playing keyboard stuff on the guitar okay and that pedal actually sounds really great just going di and i have it in a loop of helix right oh, with helix cool. i'm just sending it out of one of the sounds... unused xlr outputs okay straight in front of house bypassing any preamp or any amp and so i'm able to create a completely unique signal chain that is still housed within helix
0: isn't that something? That's great.
1: No, it's, it, I mean, I know it sounds like if, if you're not in that situation, it sounds like, OK, a bunch of nonsense. But yeah, if you're in a I guess this is what it means is if you're using Helix for multiple things, having all those different outputs. I mean, it's really a game changer, especially for someone who's maybe even like a playing a acoustic guitar. Like I could actually just plug in through Helix for my acoustic and set up an acoustic.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: An acoustic chain and um, send that out the other unused XLR output. If I played, you know, um, if if someone's a keyboard player, you can use one of the extra inputs and plug in your synthesizer or your keyboard and have separate effect chains for that and still not affect what you're doing on guitar. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean I, it's really it's really cool. Really and, powerful.
0: In a band situation like, you know, small band, you could be in the rehearsal hall and you could have keyboards running through one and vocals through one path. It's 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 quite quite extensive.
1: No, it's cool. Yeah, it's
0: cool. Yeah, I, it's Really, yeah. before the show today I went on the website I saw a couple dates that are very very close to me on the tour so the tour kicks off in July right away in uh, a pretty extensive tour so you're hitting in my area you're hitting in London and Toronto and I was telling the, the boy's really excited he's going to become a new fan uh, he's made me yeah, become a fan yeah. of his music that he likes like gorillas and bands like that but now I'm going to turn oh, him uh, on yeah yeah, yeah. He's turning me on, or I'm going to turn him on to the pumpkin. So I'm going to come and see you either in London or Toronto or maybe even both. So I'll look forward whatever. to meeting you.
1: Whatever. Yeah, you know, you're always welcome. So whatever be you great. want
0: to do. Listen, I, I can't thank you enough. A lot of people over in the chat are really grateful for the patch. So thank you very much. You You kicked off this feature. It's been something I've wanted oh. to do for a while, so... Yeah, no, it's
1: a great idea. It's yeah. Great idea. I'm
0: going to try to have as many guests as possible, um, you know, provide a patch for the show. I think that'll be awesome. But listen, I will say goodbye to you off the air in a second. I know I'm, I'm thanking, every, uh, thanking you from everyone in the chat. It was great to spend an hour with you today, uh, have a beautiful day, and uh, learned a lot uh, about your, you know, your first of all, your passion for the product, and the, I think the couple things, some Cole's notes I took away, takeaway notes were the fact that you could play just about any gear you want out there, and, you know, having stuff provided to you... Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be what you're going to use. You've chose line 6, you're using the guitars from Yamaha, you're using Helix, uh you and Billy both now using HX effects. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a great
1: testimony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, Jeff, and everyone. Thank you so very much for uh, tuning in for sixty minutes for the Helix Hour today. Uh, thank you to the two very kind gentlemen who dropped uh, some super chats. That was totally appreciated, and it does it certainly does help uh, continue the, the production of these shows, uh, lighting and all that stuff. Uh, you know, all the and bandwidth and internet fees and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it is greatly appreciated. So until next time, I, uh, I wish everyone a, uh, a great day, and we will talk to you very soon. I'm going to turn it over to the outro here. Jeff, don't go away. with we'll say goodbye to you there, everyone. Thank you so very much. Get down to your local mom-and-pop shop or any of your big box stores that are authorized Line 6 dealers and check out Helix and all their uh, fine family of products and try one today. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Hey, EVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book there are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by vanhalenstore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at EVHGearDiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.